0: Good afternoon america good morning australia and welcome to everyone listening across the world this is radio tony a conversation with kez and my gorgeous co-host kez wickham's st george will join us shortly just a quick reminder if you're listening live on facebook linkedin youtube or twitch we have the lovely renee ready and waiting to respond to your questions comments and to send you live links of anything that we talk about in particular um, any of Amanda's books now for those of you that uh, want to catch up on shows that you've missed don't forget to jump on to binge TV networks USA hero go TV networks USA and the Tony TV channel app available on all Roku LG and Samsung smart TVs across the world Now today's guest is Amanda Schubert but I want to quickly tell you that Kez Wickham St George is finalizing her next book and it will be released in about a month's time I hope I've got that timing right Um, and we'll be talking to Kez about that in future shows today though we want to talk to Amanda who is a co-author in the book colors of me now Amanda was born and raised in the Riverland region of South Australia She is a mother, author, children's book illustrator and a school librarian. In 2019, she travelled to Ireland, for a writer's retreat at Crom Castle and we've heard little bits and pieces about this glorious retreat at Crom Castle um, from cares and many of our other authors and um, I do hope that uh, serenity Press does another one of these soon because I want to go anyway <laughs> this moment in Crom Castle led to Amanda's dream of publishing her first novel, The Bards of Birch Tree Hall and she hasn't looked back since since then she's had her novel included in the 2021 hollywood swag bag honoring nominees oscars weekend landing in the hands of the award winners including sir anthony hopkins and Frances mcdormand her book will be gifted to the 2021 Logie nominees in Australia. She's also begun editing her second novel in the Stormbringer Chronicles, and it will be released later this year. Her work is also featured in two anthologies: the first one, Sweet Delights by Gumnut Press, a romance short story, and The Colors of Me uh, by Making Magic Happen prince and it's an inspiring true story. Now. When she's not writing, Amanda enjoys spending her time reading, drawing, creating memories with her husband and two children. Amanda is passionate about helping people uncover their true potential and is hoping to inspire others to believe in themselves and strive to achieve their dreams. Good morning, Kez. Good morning, Amanda. Morning.
1: Morning. Morning.
0: Lovely ladies, I'm going to hand over to my gorgeous co-host Kez Wickham St. George to start off the interview today. The floor is all yours, Kaz. Yes,
2: that's a big ask because I know what Amanda does I know her <laughs> books <laughs> are <and> my goodness <laughs> My goodness. Amanda, it's wonderful to see you again. Yeah, it's wonderful to see you my dear carez. Yeah, it's been a long time, and I never forget the laughter that we had in the castle. It was just magic. It was just Oh, magic.
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: No, it never really forget. was. Our little cups of tea and our little walks <laughs> along the corridor
1: and getting asked to leave rooms and going into other rooms. <laughs> oh, yes, and just us laughing till we cried. And <laughs> yeah, Yeah, it was, yeah.
2: So I'd like to ask you the first question is, what was the inspiration behind your story how i learned to love my shadow in the newly launched book colors of me
1: what's the Uh, the feeling behind it yeah so the the feeling behind that is um obviously with with the theme of colors of me and sort of delving into sort of how like the women are made like incredible and being counted amongst them is, is amazing and so for me it was very much a personal reflection on what I suppose, what what it's taken for me to get to the point that I am. And when I was uh, certainly younger, um, I've I've really struggled a lot with self-esteem and actually that belief in self and and that confidence to know that I'm enough just being me. Um, And that is still, you know, still in my 30s. It's it's an ongoing issue, and I think it is for everybody at times. We still wonder why... um, or what our purpose is and, and that self-belief to know why we're here. And so the the inspiration for me and, and learning to love my shadow is how over the years I've come to accept that I'm probably never going to really fully see myself in the light that I am, but it's about embracing the wholeness of me and that, yes, there is some darkness in my past and there is some shadows there, but that's just exactly part of, of my story and what makes my story so Unique and unique to me and and get behind the colors of me, that those shadows are are part of me. They are part of my colors, and are learning to actually take that and roll with it and use that to fuel uh, where I'm going in the future.
2: Mm. yeah, it's it's amazing when you look back and you think, um, I never see myself as other people see me. I never see that
0: exactly. And I exactly. guess one
2: day that will come to you as well, you will never see yourself as brilliant. As what yes, we all absolutely. see
1: you, yeah. Oh, absolutely, definitely. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because when I first met you, you were um, you were an artist, and yes. you had all your beautiful artwork at the castle
1: with you. How on earth did you bring that along? in all the suitcases, all your artwork. <laughs> um, I probably I probably sacrificed a few pairs of shoes. <laughs> no, <laughs> I took. I think I took in the end one pair of nice shoes and one pair of. Uh, $10 $10 sneakers for my walkabouts the forest and that was oh no nope, nice. i'm gonna i need my artwork more than i need shoes so <laughs> right oh well decision made <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amanda, The Colors of Me is the anthology that we're talking about at the moment Um, and Kez Kez, mainly because Kez is part of the um, team that collaborated and got Colors of Me together. What did it mean for you to be involved and what was that process like for you?
1: Well, to be asked acid, as I, I adore Kez and, and Michelle and I count them amongst some of my, my dearest and, and greatest friends. So when, when they reached out to be part of this anthology, I I immediately wanted to say yes. I thought, you know, what they're working on and, and their combination of energy and, and their love and spirit. I thought this is gonna be something amazing. Um, but I did initially wonder what story could I tell um that would be considered like as I said the, the likes of the other authors that are in there I thought I, my story is nothing compared to theirs and I suppose that was the moment I realized that's the story that I need to tell oh, yes. <laughs> when I started looking yes. at myself and going what do I have to offer What what's so special about me is the core of, of why they invited me Um <laughs> and so once I had that aha moment of it's this doubt in myself and this feeling of I don't belong Mm. with these people that I need to write about because I know countless others out there probably wonder as well why me you know that whole there's nothing special about me I I, compared to other people I've got nothing and so for me to delve into that and and just explore those feelings um in my my chapter is, is that belief that I've had that I wasn't good enough and that I'll never be good enough. And that's what yes. I wanted to express in my own story. So The Colours of Me, for me represented exploring that feeling of why don't I feel good enough? Where where has that come from? Where does yes. that feeling exist within me? And that's, as I said, refer to it as my shadow side, that, that voice in my head that tells me, you can't write for this because you aren't good enough. You don't have a story to tell or your story is not as important yeah. as somebody else's. And so that that was probably the the driving factor behind it and what it meant to me there. Yeah
0: Amanda you'll find it fascinating to know that um I just been on an international call talking to um a famous author called um Runye easter um who wrote um the book the chalice and the blade and oh. so she was actually saying yeah so she was actually talking about that very concept that you've just brought up that mm. part of why we're not moving forward in humanity is that we've we've subscribed to to this idea that we are fundamentally bad when we are not fundamentally bad and the idea that because we believe that we're fundamentally bad we should succumb to control from people higher up than us and it's so not true we are uniquely beautifully amazingly wonderful human beings um so i just i thought it was interesting that there's so many people starting to have this conversation you are not bad
1: you were never bad and it's wonderful that yeah yes it's wonderful that you brought that up this morning amanda yeah yeah
0: because it doesn't help us at all
2: no no it doesn't you've got to have some sort of faith in yourself so let me just um assure you that when we invited authors to come into the book with us we just didn't put a a pin up against a few names we selected (laughs) we we selected who we thought had a beautiful story um and yours just fitted of beautifully. there was no doubt about that um i was when i when i learned you were coming on the show this morning i reread your story and I just thought, mm-hmm. you're an amazing young woman. You've got so much to offer the world. You really have. I mean, you know, everybody has the, no matter what age. We've all got something absolutely. to offer no matter oh, what age.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So when you were invited and you said, who, me? Mm. Who, me? And I can hear <laughs> your voice and I can hear the people <laughs> behind it. <laughs> you know you must have thought you know as you said you you thought about what you could offer but you mm. offered something that was just so lovely you know the, the book was came up to number four and uh, we didn't get to number one but number four is a way to go and all the oh, if absolutely. you can imagine the millions and thousands of books that get put on amazon every day mm, so number absolutely. four is quite it's quite oh, substantial
1: it's incredible yeah yeah and you're in it you're in the book. Yes. Yay! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I um, I said, I, I know that we had uh, some similar conversations, Kez, you and I, over at Cromcastle that probably instilled that. Because even back then, you know, I had that feeling of, you know, what am I doing here? Because uh, I said, being being on that trip with, again, other published authors and sort of just really starting, that probably set the seeds of delving into well, why do I feel this way? And why am I sort of afraid to succeed in a way? Like, what what is it that's holding me back? And so, I said, yeah, certainly. Thank you for that, and then obviously the invitation to to be part of the the anthology was just I said, yeah, it's, it's really changed changed my mindset very much. So,
2: yeah, and it's not it's not just one or two people; it would be everybody and Crom oh, yes. that um, that absolutely. that you met. Mm. They were all inspiring, all of them. Oh,
1: absolutely, I said I, I I still count um said, the Crom crew amongst my dearest my dearest friends. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the Crom crew. I love that Crom crew. That's gorgeous. Tony, what's your next you Amanda, you're you're a writer of fiction and your last book, The Bards of Birch Tree Hill, what a beautiful name for a book, The Bards of Birch Tree Hall, was very popular. And I know that there's another book coming out soon. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
1: Absolutely. So, um, yeah, the Bards of Birch Tree Hall was my uh, my little project that I've been working on for, for many, many years. And uh, to finally have it out in the world was was fantastic. And we were talking about the Amazon list. It actually made it to number two, uh, just behind Yay! the Harry Potter box set. So <laughs> we jumped over oh! the illustrated philosopher's stone. So that was, I, I think I actually have that image framed somewhere in the, in the house. <laughs> yeah. And so yes. it was sort of a... I, I sort of when I finished writing it, I thought at the very least, you know, you'd go out to friends and family and, and they'd enjoy it. So to know that it's reached the levels that it has um, is is incredible. As it 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 um recently also just won an award with Literary Titan, a Gold Star Award. So with the second oh, book wow. coming out, yeah, it's um so yeah, so it's kind of skyrocketed, and, and as I said, less than twelve months later, it's still still going really strong. So we're on the verge of releasing the sequel to that one, um, which is called yes. The Vengeance of the Morrigan. So that's um, oh. going to be, yeah. So <laughs> um, we're opening that one for pre-orders on the 7th of October uh, for release in yes. November later this year. Um, and just, just I see people down the street and they're still asking when's the second book coming out? And I'm, like, hey, it's not <laughs> far now, I promise it's on its way. And uh, just to see how yeah, excited yeah. everybody is, I suppose for it, is, like they're just as excited as me um, for it to come out, which is, yes. it, um, means the world to me, absolutely.
0: Amanda, how did you come up with the name Bards of Birch Tree Hall?
1: Uh, so, the concept of Bards in Obviously, story... it
0: relates to the story. Yeah, yes. Obviously, yep. it relates to the Bards in the story, but.
1: Yeah. So, originally, the working title for a very, very long time was called The Stormbringer. Um, and that was sort of ah. because that's the name of the lead character. And Yes. So for the longest time, I was set on that being the title, but by the time i sort of reached reach sort of the end of the draft and, and we were into the process, I realised it's actually, I wanted that to be the name of the series. So the Stormbringer Chronicles, yes. that's where that, that emerged from. Yes. So, so I need yes. a new title okay. for for the first book in this story. And mm. I realised that the first book is very much an introduction to the world of the Bards and the magic of Birch Tree yes. Hall and so on. So I kind of just yes. came to the conclusion of the Bards of Birch Hall is sort of summed up the story a lot better than just the Stormbringer. Um, so, yeah, so yes. sort of yeah. a roundabout way of coming out. and much the same with the second book, you know, um, we, uh, the title that I started out with was not the title I'd ended up with. So, <laughs> <laughs> Strange that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you yeah, know, I know when I'm speaking to, um, I do a lot of author talks at schools and, and when I'm talking to students yes. sometimes we get so set on the title of something we forget about the story. So, I always I keep the yeah. mindset of, you know, that oftentimes the title comes last when we're writing because yeah. you don't know yes. what the story is going to be till you finish it
0: so yes yeah
1: because <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. it evolves
0: it evolves it does you go along.
1: absolutely and that's as i said very much the story of the bards of birch street hall by the time i'd finished writing it i realized the storm yes. didn't encompass that story anymore i needed a more uh, something bigger broad broad, yes a bigger broader title for it so absolutely yeah
2: fantastic your journey your journey <laughs> yeah. from that from the beginning so when when we met in Crom, you had mm. you were playing with the idea of a book, and yes, you had, I had a, a, few a half bits written
1: of it. first draft. Yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so when you got when you got back when you got back to home, and we yeah. all knew that you you were going to do this, there was like this sting in the air, Let's watch Amanda go. Yeah. yeah. We, were all, we were all published authors by then, but yes. it, it was yeah. like we get so much pleasure out of watching someone that's new to the field grow and Mm. you have just gone way up there in your growth (laughs) but it you know the the feeling that is that when you got home and you thought i can do this and the Mm, word started pouring out what was that like
1: yeah no so i said that the so talk about packing my suitcase again i made some space for my half written first draft of my my book um, just because I thought I, I had this opportunity, as you said, Kez, to be amongst other published authors, I went with the intention of getting advice on what to do with my story. That was sort of my, that was my goal. By the end of it, it's like what What do I do to get this published? Um, and so I said, exploring and the knowledge and and the feedback from from everybody that was over there, and the reaction that I got and the support that I got from everybody there was probably more than I'd anticipated. I thought. I just came here to learn, and everyone's going, you're going to do this, and I went okay, and <laughs> sort of got caught up in that <laughs> vibe of yes, I am going to do this. And so when I got home, all that because I'd been umming and ahhing so much as as we do about oh, will the story be good enough? Is it you know is it too much too similar to this story or too similar to that story? Is it unique? And blah, blah, blah. all the what ifs that we ask ourselves when when we're writing um, that got removed, I suppose in a way that block that I'd had. Um, as a, through through the discussions and the conversations that I had with with everybody else, is stories will your story is unique because you're writing it. And so once I had that mindset mm. of going, actually my story is unique because it's it's mine. Yes, yeah. there'll be elements that are similar to other stories, but it's my words. So once I sort of had that hurdle out the way, um, I found that the words I got the rest of that. So that half written first draft had taken me about eighteen months to write. I got the whole thing finished in about three months wow <laughs> so um and then Yay. yeah one, one, once i had that and um approached oh i had been put in touch with um jennifer at daisy lane publishing uh through one of the friends from mm. from crumb castle and uh yeah to have sort of her respond that a yes, gorgeous right. so, human oh, being oh yeah jennifer i yeah. i couldn't have fallen in into the hands of um anyone better and so mm. it was certainly one of those kismet moments that was meant to be, um, and as it, she's, she's been fantastic. And, and the work I know that she's putting in to the uh, the second book, I'm just sitting back going, you're just, you're incredible um, what she's doing for me. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so, and then once, once I sort of had, I think, so we returned from Cromcastle uh, mid-October, and I had my contract by April. So it was a very, <laughs> very quick wow. turnaround to go from, as I said, that, that half-written, piece of, of work that I took with me to a full-fledged novel in editing by April uh, of 2020. So, well, <laughs> and sort Do of you edit movie. your own work? Um, I, so in the first one, I actually did work with uh, with an editor in the UK, um, which was really fantastic because one of the things that I sort of didn't consider, and it was a very small thing, but really just highlighted to me the, the role of an editor is I'd used the word reckon in my story. So, you know, uh, one of my characters reckoned this. And the UK editor pointed out they don't say that in the UK. That's a very yes. Australian thing to say. And majority of the characters in my story, my main character um, is Australian, but the rest are all Irish. So she's like, they wouldn't say that. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and it was just that moment of, oh, yes. Like just those little things that I said. So that mm. sort of made me, uh, I'd always been interested in proofreading and, and editing. I, I get um, a strange pleasure out of fixing mistakes in work I love looking for spelling mistakes and grammar errors and (laughs) um things like that so that sort of set me on the path of looking into that as a as another option um I have had the pleasure of uh working as an editor now on a couple of pieces and a proofreader for um a fantastic story by Michelle Wiedering the co uh co collaborator of um that there so certainly that's something I I enjoy and so with the second book I did find myself doing a lot of my own editing and proofing um but I still had Another editor to look at it because, as we know, looking at your own work, oh yes, we don't Um, always, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, you know. So, (laughs) um, I did do a lot of editing, (laughs) a lot of editing on my own book, but I I did have another editor to work with me on the second one for sure. (laughs) And as I'm very grateful to him, he was—he's the type of editor that will just firmly but gently tell you this needs to go. Yeah. yeah. I'm
2: glad you've got a polite editor because I haven't got a polite editor. She rings me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so my, my editor friend did. that I work with, <laughs> yes, no, my, my editor friend, um, what he does is he'll read it through and he'll send me, he'll, say, like, he'll message me and so I'm emailing you the editor copy now. He'll email it to me and then he says, I'm going to ring you in 20 minutes, get some biscuits and a cup of tea and sit down. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like, we're going to go through this step by step, and I don't want you to cry, okay? So get your biscuits, get your tea, and let's go through this. And we, then we go through it together on the phone. So when it goes, where well, I've written this comment here about this is cringe, I didn't mean it that harshly. <laughs> and so I just sit there and it's like, thank you, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have a, a wonderful wonderful friendship with with my editor we've known each other for for going on 20 years now so (laughs) he knows me well enough to to sort of the the iron fist in a velvet glove is probably how i'll describe his editing process (laughs) oh nice yeah (laughs) nice i
2: must um i must ask my editor to have an iron fist in a velvet glove because yes no no that doesn't happen she's very (laughs) she's australian and she's really straight out there and she says this is Nonsense. Yeah, yes,
1: yes. <laughs> Reword. Yes, as an I've had quite a few of those comments.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, oh goodness.
2: So, we've already discussed about how we met, but you know how how I met you, Amanda, was not actually at Crom. Was it? It was no, at the airport. No, the airport. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And this, this voice came down the escalator with your name, Kes, and I looked up and I just saw your face. Because I was thinking to myself, see, this is where you mostly didn't see it, but I was thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Why am I here? <laughs> Why am I here? I'm here to meet a whole yeah. lot of other authors and go to a retreat and say I've been to Castle. I looked at yeah. your face and I just knew, I thought, you're thinking the same thing. Why are we here?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. because yeah, um, I'd, I'd gotten to the airport and sort of at that point I hadn't met sort of anybody else. I I arrived the day before and I'd stayed overnight at um a lovely little B and B called Donnybrook Hall and got the taxi back to the airport to to meet everybody. And I know we had a, a chat going with messages of when everyone was getting in, and I saw yours pop up, Kez, and I thought, oh, well, she's going to be the first one here. And I'm just standing at the airport going, there is literally nobody else here. Um, I'm like, but there's someone coming. I know there's someone coming. She's getting off the plane in about five minutes and I'm going to be there <laughs> so that I'm not standing around the airport being a weirdo, <laughs> 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 just, just hanging out at the airport by myself. <laughs> so yeah, so I sort of found the gate where you were meant to be and um, said, yeah, thought so I'll, I'll just wait here. and. I'd seen, because seen, I hadn't obviously met you prior so all I had to go on was a little Facebook profile picture Yeah, <laughs> and I saw this this lovely woman just float out of the doors mm. and I'm like, <laughs> hello, <laughs> and then you smiled, I thought, I've got the right person, I'm not well, alone uh, anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, oh yeah, well I was thinking the same thing as I came up the escalator. I was thinking, oh no, why am I here? I hope I'm handed here. I don't even know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> I had the same thing, profile picture came up yesterday. Yeah. I heard this little voice. That I thought, oh, cool. thank you, Jesus, because I
1: was why am yeah, well, so I someone just oh exactly and then dragging a massive suitcases to the cafe just going, all right, let's see who else rocks up now
2: yeah yeah
1: and so <laughs> Michelle, Michelle and Leah which are twin sisters yeah yes um, oh goodness yes so um, was it the <laughs> so so Michelle and, and Leah so I think there were, ended up being about four or five of us at the airport that uh, the day that we arrived and um, taking yep. the van um to the because we were staying at the cottages um on the crom ground right. so there were some staying up at the castle some staying in in the cottages and oh my goodness I I Never going to regret my choice to stay at the cottages because when we arrived, we discovered that our cottage had been overtaken by these two beautiful <laughs> balls of energy called Michelle and Leah um, because oh. they'd stayed there they'd stayed there overnight before the rest of us arrived. Um, and so, got to our cottage thinking, "Oh yeah, here we go. This is our cottage." And it's like, "Ta da! Hello!" We're like, "Oh, hello! <laughs> Who are you?" <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Just, yeah, and so Michelle and Leah, as a, they gave us the biggest, warmest welcome, showed us around the cottage, showed us where everything was, and then they're like, "All right, we're going up to the castle now." Bye. <laughs> so, um. Yeah. No. That. <laughs> I think we're <laughs> that that first interaction like, <laughs> with with you, Kez, and then as a, just the warmth and energy that came from from Leah and Michelle at the cottage, I like, think really just set the tone of what we were in for for that retreat. And yeah, I uh, said, so, yeah, it was really. Couldn't have had the, the better welcome to to this retreat. I said for, for day one being around that sort of energy and that sort of enthusiasm, I thought, yep, this is what I'm here for and I'm hundred percent all in on this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a part of this. Yeah. yeah. So. It was um what a
2: that <laughs> was just wonderful, it really
1: was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a great introduction to the writing and author world, Amanda.
1: Yes. Oh goodness, I I I still thank, am grateful every day that I landed in probably the the best group of authors and and so that I, I probably could have yes. um because uh, you know there's a lot thrown around about you know finding your tribe and finding the people that you just click with and yes I said every single yes. author that was there at that I have ne- I, I haven't found any any group similar to that it was just from from yeah. day dot we were just. It was a bunch of friends hanging out in a castle together, and that was probably the best way to describe. as we all just clicked immediately, yes. and even once we once we returned back to Australia, you know, sometimes you think you meet people while you're away, and and it's great, but you sort of lose contact and and separate. Yes, was, you know, it's, it's quite a common thing. That has That's, not been the case yeah. at all. Like I, I probably talked to to the ladies from Crom. Oh, goodness if not every day then at least every two days um there's always someone from from that oh. trip messaging and checking in or you know commenting or posting and, and yes. just supporting each other and i think that was probably the the greatest thing that i took it's just that support that that the women that we all have for each other and you know we're each other's yeah. biggest cheerleaders um in, in, in every sense yes. of the word and so that's i don't i i have i sort of never experienced anything like it um yeah, feels, I said the magic of Chrome is definitely definitely something tangible, something real. So, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and imagine
2: that since we've all Amanda, come back, there's sorry, mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. we've all come back, Amanda, we're all published yeah, you go, authors, so just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all published authors, aren't we? Oh, absolutely, Since we've come That's back from Chrome. Yep, yep all of us are published with MMH, um, which was the other. Well, Karen McDermott was running the retreat, so uh, we all went with MMA, none of us came back not writing Mm. Um, and we were, the
1: the grounds of Crom were just inspiring, weren't they? Oh, absolutely. Yep. As I said, we're we're building a new house at the moment. I've already got, I think, a dozen canvases planned, just one wall is just going to be all these canvases of the the Irish countryside (laughs) and the castle and. (laughs) Oh, how lovely. Yeah. Tony
0: amanda when you're um in the process of writing a book um, that is your own book and then you've been offered this collaborative opportunity to be part of an anthology what's your advice for aspiring um authors to be should they take the step and and be part of a collaboration such as an anthology like the colors of me
1: yeah um one of my one of the the um, quotes or, or inspirational words that, that I, I refer yes. back to often and actually led me to going to Crom in the first place was uh, when Richard Branson says, if someone gives you an opportunity, say yes and learn how to do it later. Um, and that's, certainly, <laughs> that's absolutely been been my mindset um, for certainly the past couple of years. And it was the same when Crom ran up because, as I said, I wasn't a published author when this opportunity came up. But I put my yeah. name down because I thought I'm going to say yes to this opportunity because it's an opportunity that I know mm-hmm. I need. Um, and I figured it out on the way. And obviously, the growth that I've had yes. from that um, is incredible. Um, so if, if anyone's ever sort of offered the opportunity, uh, particularly to work with um, if you're in, in in the industry and, you know, wanting to learn more, say yes. Mm. I said, you know, always just yeah. say yes, and learn how to do it later. You know, it's um, it's something that I said, like, this was also, I said, my first sort of collaborative effort um, with other authors. And yes, just being amongst the like-minded people and people who are in an industry that you wanna be in, absorb everything you can, take on everything. I said, yes. you'll be, you know, I said, we, we spoke briefly about the editing process and yes, editing is is hard. There's going to be um, feedback that's given. Um, yeah, it's about just learning yeah. that, you know, Every every bit of feedback is an opportunity for growth, um, and so definitely, I said yeah. So for an author looking to collaborate with someone, I really think it's it's there is sort of nothing nothing to lose, everything to gain um, from doing that. It's yeah. No matter no matter yeah. what sort of happens with it, you have the opportunity to learn and to grow. And um, I said just build your build your authorship um, yes. because another thing yeah. about being an author mm-hmm. is no matter what yes. I, you need to write and so I said I I, yes. I started out with fantasy fiction I never imagined I'd be a short story writer I'm certainly not a romance writer and yet I did it um again I said yes, yes to an opportunity yes. and and that's now another genre that I can say I feel comfortable writing and I want to write in um writing an inspirational short story as we spoke before I didn't mm. think my story was important or that it mm-hmm. would fit in that book um but I said yes and along the way, I've realized, you know what, my story is important and I am yeah. going to share it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
0: So, yeah. So I it's,
1: said, it's, yeah, any any opportunity you have, as, just say yes. I said, sometimes it will work out, sometimes you don't. Any Anything that doesn't work out is a lesson. Anything that does is, you know, it's, it's all an opportunity to grow. I um, mm. said, yeah, but by, by mm. saying yes, that's the first step. Everything that comes after that is as it is, you know, yeah. it will be what it will mm. be.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Saying
1: yes, yeah, got to say yes
2: to everything. Well, not everything, but yeah, not not everything within boundaries. I mean, (laughs) we need to have that edited. (laughs) Don't say yes everything.
1: (laughs) Said no, no, it's definitely in like I'm a big one on intuition and gut feeling, and so that you know. That something is where you're meant to be, or what you're meant to be doing, go with it, acid, because it's yes. You can, you know, trusting in yourself and trusting in in the process is probably the biggest thing that you're going to do. And it, and like I said, you don't have to say yes to everything. If it feels like it's not for you, say no and walk away because that's yeah. You know, that's yeah. for somebody else.
2: <laughs> yeah. So how closely did you work with the uh, the two authors that you that compiled the book? Did you work closely with them,
1: Amanda? <laughs> Oh, um, hmm. <laughs> no, I think I I, I had an absolute <laughs> ball working with with Michelle and Kez, as I said, like working with two authors who not only as like a completely professional capacity and, and they were very uh, wonderful in the way they handled everything as well, but being able to have the added bonus, I suppose, of, of them being my friends um, made the whole process just so mm. seamless and relaxing and I said, I knew that you know, if I had any questions or any sort of uh, not sure about this, that I could just flick them a message and, and they'd get back to me straight away and with encouragement and support. And yeah, no, it was absolutely adored the entire process. I adore the two ladies um, full stop, but yeah, being able <laughs> to, I suppose, <laughs> work with them in, in, a, in a professional capacity as well, instead of just the, the wonderful social chit chat that we enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No, as I said, it was sort of being able to, you know, put on our professional hats for a moment. And go, all right, we love each other as people. Now let's let's get this happening. Um, and what can we do to make this book uh, the best that it can be? So mm, that was definitely yeah. a, an important yeah, part yeah. of the process.
2: Yeah, have you I had mean, any yeah,
1: sort of um? Have you had any sort of launch over there yet for the book? I haven't. I said my post at the moment is is. <laughs> Everywhere. So as soon as yep. I I get my copies, I I am planning on doing something um here probably with a few few friends and things getting together. We're as I said lucky enough here that I can have a social gathering of some sort. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so I will be will be um certainly doing something um with some friends of mine here. I know I know that there's quite a few people already I've spoken to who want a copy. Um, so as I said absolutely great.
0: Amanda I'm a little curious in looking at the two two the numbers of bodies of work that you've got so you've got the anthology and you've got um, uh, the uh, fiction um, book Mm. is there anything so the Bards of Birch Tree Hill and now the sequel is there anything that you would change or are you completely happy i'm asking as a, a, a from an author's point of view because like even mm. with my own book you've got to let it go at some point and i know that there's probably parts of that that could have been a bit better but you can't just keep editing and changing and editing and changing yes so is there anything yep. that you you would would change um
1: i suppose with the with the first one as it being stuck in that mindset of. Or... I had edited and rehashed yes. that story as a, so that's why I, I'd sort of gotten halfway through and and come to a standstill because I was so yes. focused on uh, my perfectionism came to a head there. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> and I kept
1: just, Yes. I'd, I'd write another chapter and then go back to the start and edit that, and then I'd write another chapter and go back to the start and re- and I so the first half of that book had been ironed within an inch mm-hmm. of its life um, before I'd even <laughs> finished. It. Yes. Um, yes. So, um, yeah. so for me, sort of putting all that in, and then obviously it got sent to the editor, who changed quite a bit of that yes, first. Yes, did it that again. We went over. <laughs> it. I'm just like, ah. Oh. So I spent 18 months just perfecting, or in my mind, this first chapter, only to be told we need to scrap like half of a- it. <laughs> so that was the moment. My- I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Um so I a <laughs> so while I suppose I, I wouldn't change the story so much I certainly have changed yes. my process. Um and so writing uh, the second book um so yeah. writing the second book I I do split into so the first book is written in um the point of view of the the main protagonist of Neela. Yes, the second yes, book we actually yes. split into multiple point of view. Um so every chapter Ooh. we dive into a, a different Different character in there, so it was sort of a, a very different beast Ooh. in the first place. Um, yeah. But I, I, sort of let go of that need to have it perfect the first time through. Um, yeah. And that, that was as a, so. My, my writing, my writing process changed, and in in that, it sort of changed. I suppose the story that yeah. I just yeah. went with the flow a lot more. I didn't try and sort of control the story so much. Um. So yeah. Uh-huh. So the second book is certainly an evolution from the first one. Um mm. in that there. So I said, Yeah, I'm I'm still quite happy with the story of the first one, but I I really have changed <clears throat> probably my even my style as a writer and my writing process. Mm. Um because yeah, because I, I just I spent so much time <laughs> perfecting the first chapter. I know. <laughs> and so I know and, and, yeah, and so I really sort of, I suppose, relaxed my storytelling a bit and put, you know, what, a first draft is exactly that. It finally made sense what people have told me. The yes. first draft is always terrible. I'm yes. like, oh, no, my first draft is going to be amazing. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> it's going to be perfect. <laughs> um, Says every but, first what, time exactly, author exactly. ever. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, my first draft is that's how it's, it's, it's going to be perfect. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, yeah, no. Give it to the editor <laughs> and get it handed back and go, Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> grab the tea and biscuits, we're in for a ride. Yeah, it does
2: happen.
1: Yeah. It does. So, yeah, Yeah. so I'm absolutely. So now I I I absolutely had the, yeah, the mindset of, nope, the first draft, let's just work (laughs) on paper, hand it to the editor and go, all right, hit me tea and biscuits in hand. I know it's crap. Let's point out how we can improve it. I'm ready to go. yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: and And that's part of what creates that's part of what creates an amazing fictional story isn't it is those reiterations and that combination and collaboration between the writer and the editor and you actually have to have a pretty close relationship with your editor because you're trusting your words and your thoughts and your vision for that story Mm. you're trusting them with that and so uh sometimes that that doesn't go smoothly for everyone Yeah, some i I know some people that have been through multiple editors until they found the one that worked best and most collaboratively with them yeah Mm. yeah yeah Yeah. because the editor they're invested in your story as well well they need to be invested in the success of your story and and they should be on your side to bring out your um writing skill and create something that's just amazing to read oh
1: absolutely and that's i i feel very very lucky um i said with my editor having been friends prior to him uh, sort of becoming my editor um yes as we uh, said we know each other and we. I know he writes in a very similar style and actually works a lot with with the style that I'm trying yes. to write, but he also knows me. And so he understands mm-hmm. my voice and sort of works to enhance yes. that, not not change yes. it. And, and having worked now as an editor myself is is knowing that we're not giving somebody else our voice as an editor. Mm-hmm. We're making their voice the best it can be. Um B. Certainly, as I said, yes. Absolutely. So, so the editor-author relationship, I think, is is something that probably underestimated sometimes, and particularly for new authors, you don't mm. sort of realise exactly yes. the impact that an editor can have on your work, <laughs> and and yeah. how important the editing process is. Yeah, absolutely.
0: absolutely you you must have an editor if you think that yes. you can write to any standard without editing and without an editor mm-hmm. you're misinformed aren't you
1: mm. oh absolutely and, and because when yeah. you write a book like it, it really every it's like you know like a child you can't have favorites you think this is perfection in all yes. its forms and there's nothing wrong with it and that that's my what are you talking about my story is fantastic so having that neutral <laughs> that editor who comes in takes the rose-coloured glasses off and goes, well, oh, actually, have you seen that this doesn't work with the rest of the story? And and be able to go, yeah. oh, no, actually no. sort of take take the emotional investment out of it and sort of look at it yes. logically a lot of times and sort of, yeah, take that because that. we get so personally yeah. attached to our stories. Like it, 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 it's a thing. Oh. I write, it, you write from the heart. It is a piece of you, your soul that goes out into the world. So yes, we can't always see the flaws because we choose not to. We go, no, 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 no. I'll, Maybe that's a bit wordy, but it fits with the rest of the story. It, it's fine. Yeah. But to have that person come in and, and <laughs> you know, gently but firmly say, look, this bit, it's lovely, but it interrupts the flow of the story or, or mm. to something out like that. It's, it's absolutely So we need to
0: chop it all out.
1: Yeah, just like I said, and, and so we're going to delete chopping it all out. three paragraphs. Just throw them away. Hit delete. <laughs> then <gone>. you go. <laughs> Oh yes. no. <laughs> like, no. That was oh. a powerful bit of
0: writing.
1: Like, but but <laughs> yeah, it is. I thought it? like on that paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> ah is <laughs> gonna my, be we're... quoted by people for generations. <laughs> <laughs> Those words will never be seen. <laughs> they were gonna go on a mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: that's it yeah it's actually it's it's a very learning experience isn't it Amanda yes,
1: that, that absolutely
0: you yeah. learn to um I'm not I don't like using the word toughen up you just learn a bit more to go a bit more gently on yourself and not expect yes. perfection because that's not yeah the end game mm-hmm. exactly
1: it really helps you to to understand the separation so when you're writing write with all your heart and soul when you're editing yes. you edit with your brain you know Don't it's, <laughs> it's yeah so when you when you're in editing you need to shut down that emotional attachment you have to your yes. words and look at it as neutrally as you can and so it really sort of helps to establish that while we're in the writing process you have to write with heart and soul yes. like you have to put everything yes. that comes in your head definitely down. definitely um, but certainly when you come to like, uh, I think there's uh, there's a, another quote that I love. It's like, write without fear, edit without mercy. And yeah. it's certainly, that's absolutely ah. what, I've, what I've learned yeah. is so, you know, write without fear, write down everything, pour it out of you and, and through the keyboard, through the pen, whatever you're writing with. But when it comes to mm. editing, you need to be harsh, you know, you, you, know, you need to mm. sort of sit down and go, is this actually necessary? It, it means a lot to me, but Sorry. is it necessary for the reader? Um, exactly have that in there
2: yeah I know, I know. Um, yeah I agree
1: so Amanda looking back on the
2: experience of collaborating in, into a story would you do it again or would you would you collaborate
1: or would you co-author oh I certainly certainly open to collaboration I love I love working um with a team like as I said so writing my own books is fantastic but being able to work with somebody else to to share in that moment mm-hmm. when, when the book comes out and all the stories come together, there's there's nothing comparable to that either. Mm. Um, co-authoring mm. is certainly something I'd I'd be interested to to find out more about. Um, mm. it's certainly an experience that I'd like to um, look into and sort of having that that I said that difference to collaboration. So it, it doesn't seem yes. like there'd be much difference between collaboration but co-author, but co-author mm. almost has a deeper level of responsibility i certainly does um yeah. mm. so collaboration you know it, there's a responsibility to do a good story but you sort of you know you're handing it over to mm. to yourself and, and michelle Kes when we did that yes. you know at the end of the day you guys were, were in control of, of of that book um so being in the co-author mm. position is certainly something that i'd well I'd, like i said i'm going i'd say yes to if the opportunity arose <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> and mm. and
1: yeah just sort of take that that next level of ownership over a collaborative um anthology as such as that would be, would be definitely a worthwhile experience, I think Mm. as a just another opportunity to grow. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the way the
2: world's going, now, everyone's, everyone is doing, they've seen how popular that it can Mm. be. I mean, especially in Perth, there was, I think there was four or five of my writing friends all put something in, but um, when they talked, when we we got into a group and we talked about co-author and apart Mm -hmm. from from myself, who understood what co-author was about they went very quiet because they said, but Mm. this is even more of a responsibility. Mm. Yes. Because with a collaboration, it was, well, you've got the story, you've got your 350 or whatever it was, words or 3000 words, um, and they just carried on. And Michelle and I did the rest and we got an editor, personally edited, but we did the rest for Mm. you. But when it came to being a co-author, they shut down and they said, this is a big responsibility because it meant that they had to, um take care of their own work.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yes. And, and I mean, being being an author of, of a standalone of my own series, I'm responsible for what goes out, but, you know, there's, there's that degree there. But being a co-author, particularly on an anthology, you're responsible for your work. You're responsible for the words of everybody who has trusted you That's with right. their words. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's not just you writing and, and putting it in as, yeah. as a collaborator, just, you know, I trusted you and Michelle with my words, with my story. And so having that sense of responsibility would be I said challenging but so rewarding at the same time, I imagine. Mm. Well but yeah. when I
2: approached these ladies about co-authoring, it was like three three ladies all write on the same subject and we all merged the story. That's what I was mm-hmm. looking for. But to to actually watch them become quite stilted, you know, because then they're, mm. they're not they're not they're not authors of, big, they they write novelettes and they write for magazines. And it was watching the This is even more serious and because, you know, once you become an author, you get uh, introduced to so many different ways of putting your book out there, like uh, Radio Tony, yes. you can you, you mm. put it out that way. You can put it out through any radio. Um, you can advertise. There's, there's so many ways of getting yourself seen out there. Uh, and you're asked to present your work in so many different ways. But you know, uh, most mm-hmm. of it's quite lighthearted until until you meet some really serious writers, and mm. then you think, oh, this yeah. is this is yeah. a little bit hard. Yeah, <laughs> this is a little, a little bit hard. For me. <laughs> but it's not. And you know, as you said, say yes to everything. I've been yeah. asked to co-author of a book, and it was like, my first question was, oh, and the next question was, <laughs> what's it about?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I just wanted to hit, uh, oh. hear your ideas on on the two different concepts.
1: Yeah
0: yep um amanda i um i know that you're really passionate about um self-care and self-love because Mm. that's part of the journey that you've been on and i absolutely agree with you if you can't look after yourself first and care for yourself first you Mm. there's a consequence for that how do you encourage women to practice self-love amanda
1: um, I suppose what I've learned over the time is actually just honouring that every feeling is valid. Um, and yes. so to be, we have that expectation, I suppose, um, to feel like we always have our, our, our life together, that we always, uh, that we're on top of things. And, you know, particularly as like a working mother, I, I feel that pressure of, you know, if I go down the street with my kids, I have to look like my life is under control <laughs> and, you, know, yes. 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 you know we had that, that pep talk with the kids in the car so all right kids when we go into the shop there is no this no that no that we are going to look <laughs> normal we are going to behave <laughs> you know <and laughs> my, my kids and I, we actually refer to we're going to put on our people suits now we can't let our weirdness show right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like we are normal oh. people. All right, team, let's go. And so, <laughs> um, so to, to, to have that that expectation sometimes feel like we do have to mask what's actually happening. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm chronic yes. for it. I do it so often. That, um, and particularly yeah. like in, in the work that I do, like working with, with children in the library, um, mm. I have to give my best of myself to those kids every day. They deserve the best that I have to offer them. Um, and so being out, yes. like, n- yes. knowing that I need to, you know, I might be having a, a difficult week. I might be having a tough week. I do struggle a lot with anxiety and, and some other mental health yeah. problems. So if I'm having yes. a rough time, I know that for those, that time when I'm with, with those those kids, that I need to be the very best that I can give them, mm-hmm. and I do. Yeah. Like, you know, that they, they get the best of me regardless of what is happening. But afterwards, when I'm back home, I know that I need to process what so I put that off for the three hours that I'm at school and I need to honour yes. what I've been hiding. I need to actually Give yourself, accept, You know, exact, and so yep. being able to, to put on that front is is important um, but also acknowledging mm. that once that's done, take the time to process. Don't just keep shoving it down because when you keep shoving it down and this is, as I said, my own yeah. personal experience with it, yep. it comes out when you least expect it like Back i might be grumpy my own children i might you know just yeah. suddenly flip out and, and burst into tears at tea time and i wonder yes. what on earth happened where has this come from and i realized yeah. it's because i was squashing everything down it's like a volcano the more you push it yeah. down the pressure builds it will explode
0: so yeah. taking mm. that time
1: to actually go no i know that i'm having a tough time and it's perfectly okay To want to shut down for a bit, um, to take that time and and said find that support if if you can to just lock yourself away for an hour, two hours, however long you need, and just honour yourself and your feelings and go. You know, I am feeling sad today, and I'm allowed to be sad. Allow yourself to feel sad um, because you know. And and I said like working working with children is it's taught me so much as well because if they're sad, they cry. You know, they don't care who's obviously yes. sad, they cry. Yes, and, you know, if, yes. If, if they're angry, they yell and they get it out and then they can they can yeah. just bounce back and but they're and and, and mm-hmm. we don't because we go, No, I I can't cry. I can't I can't let this out. I yeah. need to and we bottle it down and we bottle it yeah. down until it comes out one yeah. way or another. Um and so as I said being being the adult, yeah. sometimes there are times where we do have to hold it back as best we can. <laughs> um but it's about going it's not yes. trying to <laughs> definitely it's not trying to remove it it's not trying to ignore it it's putting a pause on it and going mm-hmm. no later yeah. tonight i'm going to watch a sad movie and i'm going to cry or Have later cry. today mm-hmm. exactly that later today like in a way it's, and certainly I, I think for people who may feel like um acknowledging their emotions means losing control you know schedule time in your diary no. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's like, all right, five p.m. tonight. I'm going to go lock myself away. I'm going to put on something That's that it. I know makes me. And actually, you know, it, it. There's only so much control you can you can have over over emotions and feelings and and self care. And I think in many ways that we try to to paint this picture of how together we are by not knowing yes. any of those things. When emotions. we don't when have not... to. You don't yeah. have to, I said. Mm. You know, being being together sometimes, like, I am. I, I'm a chronic crier. Like I, <laughs> I, I cry yes. happy tears. I cry sad <laughs> tears. I cry when I'm frustrated. No, that I know and I, that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and <laughs> I, I, I explained to my my children, like, because they'll see me crying sometimes and be like, you know, Mum, what's wrong? And I said, well, you know, sometimes when we have feelings, our body fills up so much with feelings that they have to leak out, you know. And said so, so my feelings mm-hmm. are they- full. And so they're leaking out my eyes it might be happy feelings it might be sad but when my feelings get too much they leak out of my eyes mm. and so <laughs> oh, i figure if, if amanda, that's what i'm teaching them that, <laughs> that you know yeah. showing emotion isn't about you know being weak it's actually that strength to go i'm full now and i'm leaking out my emotions yeah. you know like yes yeah. here they go and then it's, it's just refreshing. amanda <laughs> We
0: are completely out of time. Kez, thank you so much. Amanda, what a delightful conversation to have. Um, congratulations on the success of the book and inclusion in um, The Colours of Me, the anthology. Um, guys, we will be back next week with another conversation with Kez. Um, thank you to my beautiful co-host, Kez Wickham St George and to Amanda Stewart. Stewart uh, <laughs> it. <laughs> Don't forget to go out and buy the book. <laughs> the Bards of Birch Tree Hill. <laughs> and that, my wonderful listeners, is your lot for this week, and we'll be back next week. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, CES. Bye you. for now. Bye-bye.)